From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. National news for week commencing September 29th, 2019 in our 24th year of non-stop news. Changes made to amateur licence conditions. USA exam system endorsed by ACMA. The ACMA releases final five-year spectrum outlook. It sounds a bit like an ACMA kind of weekend. However, this and more in this edition of news from the Wireless Institute of Australia and for week of September 29th, 2019. There's so much going on at the moment that we've had to change the way we do things a bit. First off, in WIA front page news, changes have been made to amateur licence conditions. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, from the WIA Spectrum Strategy Committee. On the 21st of September, the Australian Communications and Media Authority arranged for the world to come to an end. Or perhaps they arranged for the world to have a new beginning. The ACMA has published changes to the amateur licence conditions set out in its Omnibus Amendment Instrument 2019, Number 1. The changes have been in effect from 21 September. In summary, the chief changes are as follows. All restrictions on emission modes have been removed for all licensees. Restrictions on permitted transmission bandwidths have been removed for all licensees across all bands allowed for each grade of licence, with the exception of the 2200 metre and 630 metre bands, which only advanced licensees can use. The impact of these two changes is that, from now on, all licensees are now able to use any transmission mode, including those not yet invented, provided the transmission remains wholly within the band being used. However, the ACMA has seen fit to retain the three-tier licence structure of Foundation, Standard and Advanced. There are no changes to the bands permitted for each licence grade and the power limits have been retained. 10 watts for foundation, 100 watts for standard and 400 watts for advanced. But, and this is a big but, all the contentious restrictions on foundation licensees that have long been viewed as a general hindrance to precious new entrants to the world of amateur radio have been removed. Foundation operators can now build and use their own transmitters and transceivers. They can operate their rig using computer control and automatic mode, think Whisper, and explore the wonderful world of digital modes, even more so once the seven-character call sign issue is addressed, more on which later. Further still, foundation operators can allow unlicensed buddies to use their station, one presumes while the licensee is present in the shack. Among other details, further geographic restrictions on the use of the 3.6 gig band have been advised to the chagrin of microwave operators across the land. As call signs are not part of amateur licence conditions, even though we all have to have one, the unfortunate issue that some digital transmission modes cannot accommodate the seven-character foundation call signs will need to be addressed later in the course of the ACMA's five-year work plan, hopefully sooner rather than later. Undeterred, the DMR network has quickly responded to enable foundation operators to get their ID and FT8 has been getting a hammering on various bands from the day the ACMA announcement hit its website 
The matter of access to the 5.3 meg band for advanced licensees will be the subject of a discussion paper to be released shortly. All that work since 2014 on gaining improved licensing conditions has come to fruition. But, like the cure its egg, it's good in parts. And like that Year 7 report card says, more work needed. This has been Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. The USA exam system has been endorsed by the ACMA, and here's Robert VK3DN to fill us in. The ACMA contacted the WIA on 23rd of September 2019 to advise that they are reinstating the reciprocal arrangements for US licence holders. The reinstatement follows a period of suspension of the reciprocity precipitated by a complainant objecting to the granting of VK licences. The WIA believes that irrespective of the motivations of the complainant to raise their objections, the impact of the suspension was to only increase barriers to entry to amateur radio in Australia. The reciprocal licence is valid only for 12 months from issue and the ACMA advised that it cannot be renewed or extended unless the recipient passes the local regulations examination. Volunteers Examiners Australia, VEA, has been active in helping ACMA with a review as it was imperative that the current system remained intact. For the background on this story, check out the text edition of this news broadcast. I'm Robert, VK3DN. The ACMA has released its final five-year spectrum outlook. Five megahertz amateur allocation. The last World Radio Communication Conference 2015 introduced a secondary allocation for the amateur service in the frequency band 5351.5 to 5366.5 kHz with a maximum radiated power of 15 watts EIRP, while the allocation is included in the Australian Radio Frequency Spectrum Plan, the ACMA has yet to consider the technical feasibility and associated technical conditions that could support operation in Australia. The band is currently used here by some emergency service and law enforcement organisations for mobile operations. The Department of Defence also uses these frequencies in support of key capabilities. Stakeholder views were varied with opposition to the allocation from the Department of Defence due to the potential for interference to its systems. Activities planned for 2019 and 20. With a range of existing uses currently supported in the band, the ACMA intends to publish a discussion paper in quarter 1 2020 seeking industry views on implementation issues, including appropriate technical conditions and in which part of the band the amateur service could be supported. The document reveals further losses of amateur bands to the 5G telco services. The document, known as P68, indicates that a syllabus review panel will be established in quarter 4 2019. The ACMA also advised that following review of submissions on amateur licence conditions in 2018-19, it will continue to consider the fitness for purpose of existing arrangements. The ACMA expects to consult further on these arrangements in quarter four this year. In amateur radio, there's a new mountain goat. Cole VK3GTV will have more on that in Special Interest Group News. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1WIA. 
International News with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, RAC, NZART, Amateur Radio Newsline and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. We commence this week with news of the Australian Government committing to join NASA in lunar exploration and beyond. Our Prime Minister Scott Morrison has announced that we will join the United States moon-to-Mars exploration approach, including NASA's Artemis lunar program. The announcement took place at a ceremony Saturday at NASA headquarters in Washington, during which NASA Deputy Administrator Jim Moorhard and the head of the Australian Space Agency, Megan Clark, signed a joint statement of intent. Secretary of Commerce Wilbur Ross, Australian Ambassador to the United States Joe Hockey and US Ambassador to Australia Arthur Culverhouse Jr. also participated in the ceremony. The statement foresees potential Australian contributions in areas of mutual interest such as robotics automation and remote asset management, similar to that currently used by Australia in mining operations and builds on a unique history of space cooperation between the US and Australia that dates back to the Apollo era. As part of Australia's commitment to partner with NASA, more than triple the Australian Space Agency budget has been pledged to support Artemis and Moon to Mars. We're honoured by today's statement and the commitment of our friends from Australia to support us in our mission to return to the moon by 2024 with the Artemis program, Morhart said. The strong relationship between NASA and the Australian Space Agency affirms NASA's commitment to establish sustainable exploration with our commercial and international partners by 2028. Radio station WWV to celebrate 100 years. Standard Time and Frequency Station WWV Colorado USA celebrates its centenary on October 1st. Radio amateurs have been asked to participate by taking measurements and sharing their results. The Colorado USA Daily Newspaper Reporter Herald says the world's oldest licensed radio station, which operates from a location just north of Fort Collins USA, will turn 100 years old on October 1st. That may sound like a long time for a radio station, but WWV specialises in time. The radio station is best known for the broadcast of the national time standard, the atomic clock, which is closely synchronised with coordinated universal time, the measure by which clocks are synchronised throughout the world. It's also played an important role through the years, setting frequency standards for other radio operators. In those early days of radio, people didn't know where they were on the dial, Dave Schwartz of the WWV Centennial Committee said, and WWV saved the day many a time. IP address sales benefit Aris, but bring change to Germany's Hamnet. One of the items of great concern at the Hamnet conference, which has just concluded in Passau, Germany, is the recent unexpected sale of the upper portion of the AMPR net address range that includes IP addresses that have been used in Germany's Hamnet amateur microwave data network. Amazon Web Services recently purchased one quarter of the IP version 4 address range for commercial use on the internet. For DL Hamnet, this means that all addresses customarily used for participating amateurs must be relocated to another range. At the conference, the IP coordination team discussed the transition that will have to happen in the wake of the reported 16.8 million US dollar sale by Amateur Radio Digital Communications. The ARDC, which is a non-profit organisation supporting radio experimentation, says on its website that the sale of the estimated 4 million addresses will help them generate funds for their philanthropic efforts.
More of this story from the link in the text edition of This News. YLs help cultivate crop of new operators in Japan. Members of the Japan Ladies Radio Society believe that meaningful contacts on the air often start with meaningful contacts in person. That's exactly what happened at the Tokyo Ham Fair in late August when newly licensed YLs stopped by the group's booth for guidance on their shacks and getting started on the air. The group's DX chair, Yukiko Maki, 7 Kilo 4 Tango Kilo Bravo, said that the Radio Society had introduced a mentoring program for newcomers last year, so they were more than ready to help. She said there were many YLs who do not know what to do next after obtaining their operator licences, and sometimes they hesitate to ask for help in the male-dominated world of amateur radio. The mentoring program is called Wakaba Support because Wakaba in Japanese means both young leaf and newcomer. With hard work and the support of this new mentoring program, many of these young leaves can soon hope to blossom into active operators. The ARRL Ad Hoc Legislative Advocacy Committee to meet with lawmakers. In the USA, the ARRL's Ad Hoc Legislative Advisory Committee is to shortly meet with several members of Congress in Washington to introduce new committee members, reacquaint the lawmakers with Amateur Radio's most pressing issues, seek their input on the best ways to achieve ARRL's objectives in Congress, and to request their continuing support. Committee members have completed a comprehensive analysis of the Amateur Radio Parity Act efficiencies for dissemination to Amateur Radio's backers on the Hill. The panel is following up on this process. Pacific Division Director and Committee Chair Jim Tiemstra, Kilo 6 Juliet Alpha Tango, nailed it when he said, Public policy should clearly favour the needs of the amateur radio operator. Amateur radio's role in public service and emergency communications will be the committee's strongest argument in seeking relief from private land use restrictions that limit amateurs' ability to operate effectively. The committee will analyse the outcomes of the meetings and draft a report with recommendations for the ARRL Executive Committee to review and consider at its October 12 meeting. The full board is expected to take up the issue at its January 2020 meeting. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason VK2LAW. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Unlikely promotion of amateur radio. The latest ABC Radio National podcast, Science Friction, has a title of From Bio-Error to Bio-Terror, Does Synthetic Biology Give New Tools to Terrorists? Part 2. Seems like an unlikely source of a promotion for amateur radio. U.S. Army senior scientist Dr. Peter Emanuel uses the example of ham radio as a technically based do-it-yourself community that has existed for over a hundred years. If you look at a model rocketry, if you look at, at amateur photography, if you look at ham radio, these are all technically based do-it-yourself communities that have existed over the last uh, hundred years. And the, um, in ham radio, they, they developed a code of ethics. This is what you say on the radio, and this is what you don't say on the radio, and we're polite, and we don't use curse. And in model rocketry, they say, this is how you send up a rocket safely. And the Department of Defense actually engaged model rocketry. They actually helped them, and they set up you know, model rocketry associations. Those become the innovators of the future. And those are the people that you end up hiring to help you send the Apollo rocket to the moon. The people that are doing ham radio, they become your communication specialists. 
Amateur or ham radio is held up as one of the long-standing technical community-based hobbies that can be used as a model for other community-based hobbies. In this case, bio-experimentation. I'm Justin, VK7 Tango Whiskey for the WIA National News. Ham radio operational news. It's contact sport. I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. All major training contest rules and results are on the contest section of the WIA website. NZL, the New Plymouth Amateur Radio Club's 2019 Taranaki Award, will run from Thursday the 3rd until Monday the 7th October 2019 and is open to all amateurs and shortwave listeners. Contacts may be made on any band, any mode. Each station may be worked once only. Overseas station requirements have been relaxed and only six points are required. Paper logs and electronic logs are both welcome. Details of log submissions are available on the WIA News website. Prefix hunters may be interested in working the special event station TM500LV. The station is on the year until the 6th of October and commemorates the 500th anniversary of the death of Leonardo da Vinci. QSL manager is F1IOZ. Liberian update. The Italian de-expression team will be active from Liberia between September the 28th and October the 11th using two call signs A82X for CW and SSB A82Z for the digital modes. Activity will be on 160 to using CW, SSB, RITI and FT8. Anniversary of the Federal Republic of Germany. Look for special event stations DM70GER and DL70BRD. Now active until December 31st, 2019 to celebrate the 7th anniversary of the Federal Republic of Germany which was established on May 23rd, 1949. Operations will be on CW and SSB. Celebrating its 50th anniversary, Sweden's National Society for the Active Visually Impaired is active as F50CG throughout 2019. QSL via SM0BYD. Special call EI19RE active for 2019. The special call sign EI19RE will be active for the duration of 2019 to commemorate the establishment of the first Irish Parliament. It first met in January of 1919, following a landslide victory for the Irish Nationalists in December 1918. 2019 marks the centenary of the Scouts at Quarrangilwell Park, near London. In commemoration of this, Britain's Ofcom has granted the use of a special call sign at Gilwell Park, GB100GP, for the whole of 2019. They're expected to be particularly active during this year's Jota and Jotai, third weekend in October. In the World DX, amateurs in Turkey are using the special call sign TC10GITRAD to mark the 10th anniversary of the radio group GITRAD. They are on the air all year through to the 31st of December. No cards are required. However, if you need a paper QSL card, please mail yours directly to TA7AZC and include a stamp self address envelope and money for postage. BARTG GB60ATG Special Event Members of the British Amateur Radio Teledata Group BARTG are active as GB60ATG until June 2020. The BARTG is celebrating their 60th year Diamond Jubilee anniversary with this call sign and special awards are available for contacts with GB60ATG using any data mode. New Caledonia FK QRV is FK8CJ from Numea, IOTA OC032, until the end of 2019. 
on 30, 20 and 17 metres. QSL to F6 EYB. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FU QNingham. Just before we get Cole to look at special interest groups, Felix sent us a note from Steve, VK5SFA, who's in Tonga with the A35JT IOTA D-Expedition until October 7th. It'd be great to work some more VKs, especially on the low bands, Steve says. More info at the link in our text edition. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Time now for Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Hello, I'm Cole, VK3GTV. And first up, it's ATV. Well, what can we say, except there doesn't seem to be a lot of activity in VK recently. Except for the stalwarts in VK3 around Melbourne, centred on the VK3 RTV repeater, and VK7 around Hobart and in the north at Alveston. Do a quick search on the internet for Amateur TV with your favourite search engine, and there are lots of links available, but a lot of them are just 404 not found. This is really very disappointing, as ATV is a fascinating aspect of our hobby, but with all the modern digital photography technology available, such as mobile phones, anyone could get into. A transmitter can be simple. High power is not mandatory. There's lots of kits available for both analogue and digital at prices unheard of just a few years ago. If you know more about this, let's know, and we'll put it on the news right here. Over to you. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, CW, New Zealand Net. All CW operators are invited to check into the net on 3535 kHz at 9pm New Zealand time, Monday to Friday. The net is formal but friendly to encourage CW operation, to provide training and experience in CW net operation, to provide training and experience in CW message handling. How the net works. You don't have to have traffic for the net or even be experienced in traffic handling in order to check in. All check-ins are welcome, even just to say hello and exchange signal reports. The net runs at around 20 words per minute, but will slow down if necessary to match your speed. There's more info at the link in our text edition of this broadcast at wia.org.au. Worldwide Special Interest Groups Digital Based on the Motorola system, DMR is going from strength to strength and that's not taking anything away from other digital modes like D-Star, P25 or for HF, the really exciting FreeDV. Here in VK, DMR has been through a lot of changes this year. However, things now seem to be settling down to where everyone involved is getting the best from the systems, both DMR and Brandmeister. Of course, getting across all this new stuff like some of us probably think that it's all too hard. However, it's like anything else that's different. Get into it and have some fun on the way. And at the end of the day, all will be revealed and after a very short while, you'll wonder why you ever thought this would be difficult. If you have more info on this, tell us about it. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Radio Amateur Old Timers. The latest issue of OTN, the Journal of the Radio Amateur Old Timers Club of Australia Incorporated, is out now. It's very special because it's produced only twice a year in March and September and is mailed direct to OTN members. In our hobby of amateur radio, the term old-timer is a term of respect for one's ability and years of service. It has nothing to do with age. 
If you've been licensed for 25 years or more, you earn the name Oldtimer because of your years in the hobby. You may not have been very active and you may not be very old, but you have held a license for 25 or more years and gained some experience in that time. The RAOTC is always happy to welcome new members and if you're an old-timer, then you're welcome to join. There's also an associate membership for those who've been licensed between 10 and 25 years. It's a great way to get hold of one of the best club magazines anywhere in amateur radio. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Radio Scouting. Jota Jotai is less than one month away. It's always the third full weekend in October, and this year that's October 18th to 20th. Two million young people from around the world are expected to take part in this year's Jamboree on the Air and Jamboree on the Internet, the world's biggest scouting event. Scouts and girl guides use amateur radio, the Internet, and a wide range of other communication channels, including Morse code, to connect with each other over the weekend. The initiative helps to promote cultural awareness, develop tolerance, and enhance sharing, collaboration and teamwork and contributes to their award scheme badge work. Worldwide, some 20,000 licensed amateur radio operators put 12,000 radio stations on the air using state-of-the-art technology. Additionally, 19,000 locations will operate Skype, internet message boards and a wide variety of social media. Jodai Radio and Jodai TV will be live on the web and will broadcast interviews with leaders from the World Scout Committee, the movement's decision-making body. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Summits on the Air. John Burton, G4TQE from Shropshire, United Kingdom, has achieved the coveted SOTA Mountain Goat Award for achieving 1,000 activator points. He did this with an activation of Weinvark, GW-SW002 in the Bracon Beacon, South Wales, earlier this year. Existing Sota Mountain Goat, Alan Jones, GW4VPX, was with him. John, inactive for quite a while, was tempted to get back on air because of the Sota Summits on the Air scheme. He is an accomplished mountaineer, having completed all the Munros, Nuttalls and Wainwrights. Speaking after his Mountain Goat triumph, John said he cannot thank Sota enough for encouraging his return to amateur radio. Many radio amateurs enjoy travelling to the tops of mountains for the challenge of seeing just how far their radio transmissions can be heard. Experimentation with different types of antennas from mountains is very popular. Minimal transmitter power is often as much a requirement for running on portable battery power as it is to see how far a signal will travel with minimal transmitter power. Australia has a very large number of active SOTA participants, including yours truly. Visit sota.org.uk for more info. And here's something different before I go QRT. Bake a cake, blow out some candles. Gaffer Tape is celebrating its 60th birthday. We've all used Gaffer Tape. Gaffer Tape is the most commonly found accessory on any film, TV and stage set. Its versatility extends far beyond just putting some tape around a cable to secure it to a stand or to the floor. But where did the name come from? The precise origin of the name is a mystery, but it's likely that it was named after, you guessed it, a gaffer or chief lighting technician. Gaff tape was invented in 1959 by Ross Lowell, who was not only a director and cinematographer, but also the founder of Lowell Light. Lowell adopted the adhesive properties from Johnson & Johnson's Permacell tape, also known as duct tape, and placed them on a silver fabric. And that's how gaffer tape was born. Of course, it's available in a multitude of colours nowadays. 
Ross Lowell passed away at the age of 92 earlier this year, 60 years after inventing gaffer tape. And as a user of gaffer tape for most of its history, I believe it's like the force in Star Wars. It has a light side, a dark side, and it binds the universe together. I'm Cole, VK3GTV, and I'll have more worldwide special interest group news next week. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contact from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. 2019 Social Scene. In VK4, just a couple of hours' drive from Townsville or Cairns, the Cardwell Gathering, October long weekend, the 4th to the 7th. In VK3, just a couple of weeks to go for the Yarra Valley Amateur Group Ham Fest on the 13th of October. And worldwide, Jota... 2019, Friday the 18th, Saturday the 19th and Sunday the 20th of October. VK3, Ballarat Amateur Radio Group, BARG Hamvention, October 27th. VK5, the Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Buy and Sell at Marion RSL, November the 3rd. And in VK3, Rosebud Radio Fest, November 17th. The 2020 social scene, don't forget the big one, Alara Meet 2020 in Bendigo, October 2 to 5. And that's it for this week. I'm John VK4JJW, back next time. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.